When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. And today's episode, we'll talk to Ken Sharp, musician, author, and the musician is the emphasis here with his new album called Beauty in the Back Sea. Now, this is probably Ken's best album today, at least that is my opinion. And we'll be talking to him about the album, and we'll even play a cut from the album right after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Ken Sharp, welcome back to the podcast. And you got a new album, Beauty in the Backseat. I got to say, um, I agree with... Um, John Borak, who uh, reviewed this album for Goldmine, that it's your best yet. Um, and you've had some guest stars on it. And also, the title of the album is a play with words on the Hall & Oates 1977 album, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that that came from my, my pal and co-producer, uh, Fernando Perdomo, who's a big Hall & Oates fan like, like I am. And the beauty... Um, in the Backstreet album, a preview on the Backstreet album by Hall & Oates, is kind of like a sleeper dark horse album that the band doesn't really even like. I think they were having some problems with their producer, Chris Bond. They really weren't getting along well with him. But Fernando and I really liked that album. We were in the studio talking about it, and he's really good at coming up with puns. I always say he could be great in advertising because he's really quick and coming up with clever things. And he just, we're talking about the album, and then he came up with an, with Beauty in the Backseat, and I was like, wow, that's really good, you know, I, I want to use that for my next album, so yeah. I have to give credit to him, but, but the cool thing about the title is, um, is it has, you know, some multiple meetings, you know, there's beauty in romance, yeah. you hope, you know, if it's going well, and then there's the, the, the woman in the backseat, mm-hmm. who is on the cover of the record, who kind of looks quirky, so calling her a beauty beauty is in the eye of the beholder could right. either be considered by someone as kind of a joke or not i think she's actually cute in a very quirky sense yeah and i see um, beauty taking a back seat in some of your songs like my favorite song after listening is no one seems to stay together anymore now i'm usually a rocker but i am also a child of the 70s and the 80s and this has a 70s radio all over it man <laughs> 
and well, your what's vocals. What's crazy about that, Pat? Like we did not. I don't think we've ever spoken about this, but that's my favorite song on the album ah. too. Yeah, that song is a. That's one of the ones that is definitely tinged with, with with quite a bit of uh, a heartbreak and sadness. That song is. Yeah. And um, I can really feel it every every time I listen to that. I really thought we nailed the emotion of that and. I remember when um, we were cutting the song. I played the guitars, and and Fernando played, you know, drums and keyboards. And I, I think I probably played some keyboards on it too. He plays bass as well. I remember I said, "Let's let's try adding congas to the record." You know, like congas, like it, it, it's a cool it's a cool little extra thing sometimes to add. And I remember Fernando's like, "No, no, 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 um, please, let's just try it." And we did. And it really just adds an extra, like, magic element for me. So when I hear the song, it just adds an extra rhythmic type of pulse to it that really makes it kind of extra cool. But, yeah, that is my favorite song on the record. Well, just your voice is perfect with it. It, it sounds like, like I said, a, a 70s radio song that you had to have the 45 to play. You know, you'd go to the store and buy the 45. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. It's my, my childhood. And, well, the uh, whole... You know, it, it wasn't a concept, but but now that I listen to it, it, it really embraces my love of the type of music you would hear in the mid '70s. You know, on, on AM radio, you heard yeah. like all the killer, like top forty hits. I mean, I don't really know much about what's happening with music today. Like, I could look at the Billboard Top 100 and, and know very few songs. Yes. But back in 1975, I could probably have looked at the <laughs> Billboard Top 100 and knew every song as well so it's kind of an interesting it was an interesting you know period to grow up with and just there was such an array of incredible songs and it wasn't just one type of song you know it was you know you could have a song like benny and the jets and then you could have like you make me feel brand new right and then you could have um frankenstein you know by edgar winter band right. you could a... have rock and roll night by kiss or go all the way by the raspberries or you could have some of the real quirky songs that were kind of the novelty songs, you know what I mean? Like, um, Mr. Jaws, you know, as an example. So, yes. yeah, I, I love, I love that period of time where I don't think it was as compartmentalized musically, you know, you like I, with the examples I use, you know, that's a good you point. You could have Sweet, you could have Alice Cooper, you could have the stylistics, you could have Blue Magic, you could have um, Elton John, you could have Gilbert O'Sullivan. Right, I like that it's e eclectic. You're, I mean, you come out yeah. rocking with Rock Show, and you yeah. know, there are other rockers on there too, but you can have a soulful song like Miracle, which, uh, yeah. you know, is very soulful. I like that little bass beat on there, that, that it's a nice touch to it. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I really like. I, I feel that I, I hope I'm growing as a writer, and I, I I feel that I can be more natural with what's coming out, and, and and not everything that I'm writing comes out within the strict power pop genre. I think it's always going to have that pop element, my love of melodies. But you know, Philadelphia is really all over the record. You know, the what's part of me. I'm from Philly, so that DNA is really in. It's such an integral part of what I'm doing, especially now. I just think it's coming out a lot more, and I think maybe it's because I'm writing a lot more on the keyboards, and there's a sophistication that you can get into, and it, a, a lot of it's just accidents by me. I'm not any good keyboard player by any means. I'm more of a songwriter, keyboard player at best, but, you know, occasionally, you know, I'm following melodies in my head, and 
occasionally I can come up with something that that sounds pretty cool to me and it 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 has a bit more of a sophisticated type of yeah. type of melodic contour than maybe just playing coming up with something on guitar you know what I mean oh yeah now let's talk about some of the guests on here you got Ace Freely on on that song I was just talking about the rock song called yeah. Rock Show uh, yeah. you got Utopias a Kasem Sultan um, Chasm, right? Chasm, sorry. Uh, he's on the more pop Mona Lisa Smile. Then you have Marshall Crenshaw. I always liked Marshall Crenshaw. Um, and he's on Tambourine. Um, yeah, that's a weird start. Well, I mean, if you, uh, if you want me to talk about yes. some of the, the, the amazing people, but the Marshall, it, 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 to be honest, Marshall was going to play on, on the song Miracle, but then he felt, you know, it doesn't really need anything, so he just added the tambourine. But Marshall played on another song that I'm holding for my next record. He played oh. a really cool guitar solo and some. So he added some rhythm. And it was interesting because I sent him a batch of songs to consider after he said he'd be willing. And I sent him, you know, some pop stuff. I sent him some soul stuff. Like Miracle, I was kind of surprised he kind of, uh, you know, liked that one. But the one he picked was a real glam rock, kind of down and dirty, kind of glam rockish song from that would have sounded like something maybe Slade or mm. uh, you know the sweet would have done so um, I'm I'm holding that for my next record okay cool so, yeah so so yeah so that's why you know you have someone as great as Marshall Crenshaw if that was my only chance to have Marshall Crenshaw on a record I would have had him do much more than tambourine by <laughs> <I> only <laughs> well after we're done I'm gonna play the song uh, that Ace Freely is on called Rock Show um, nice. Because, you know, we also have an issue coming out that has Ace on the cover. It's already out there until um, November 5th. And we can, you know, we can tie that in, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was lucky to do that interview, too, with Ace. Yes, so. you did. Um, yeah. And that, that is another great thing is that, you know, as well as being an author, uh, you know, you're also a musician. And, and music. Musicians seem to trust you more because of that. I have a feeling they open up to you because you guys oh. talk about songwriting, and you know uh, that's one of the things I like. They seem to feel comfortable with you. Um, well, that's a great thing to hear. You know, I, I I I hope so. I mean, I come at pretty much everything I do as you know enjoying enjoying the artist in some way. Yeah, it's one of my favorite artists. Or I always right. try to find something that I that I like about it, whether it's if it's Judas Priest or if it's Hall and Oates or if it's Ace Fraley, or if it's well, you come across as if you're in a brotherhood, uh, not a fan, not a f friend, but in a brotherhood kind of thing, which is nice. That's cool. Well, the the Ace thing, if you want to find out how that happened, is so I, I've known him for a long time. I've worked on some Kiss projects, if some official books and things like that, and I I've interviewed Ace many times through the years since the early '80s. Um, but I ran into Ace at a Gene Simmons Vault event that he was a special guest at. It was the first one in L.A. Oh, the Gene and Simmons Vault, yes. Yeah, it was in L.A. And I and and when people would come in to meet Gene for the few minutes and get their vault signed, you know, Ace would be there and they would pose for photos. But for hours, I sat with Ace and his um, his girlfriend Rachel Gordon, who's a great artist and singer in her own right. And um, we were just talking about a ton of different things, and we were there for hours. And then, you know, I'm in the middle of working my record, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to ask Ace, you know, because the worst someone can say is no, and he's a really good guy anyhow, you know. Um, mm. And I asked him, I said, hey, I have a song 
called Rock Show that really could use your swagger. You would be like the extra, the, the, the extra icing on top of the cake. Would you be willing to do it? And he said yes. And I thought, and it took a while to get it together because he was working on his record, but it worked out that I went down to his studio um, in the San Diego area, Fernando and I, and sat there and played guitars, uh, played, you know, played guitar with Ace while he was kind of just trying out solos, and that was surreal for someone who's a huge fan of Kiss in 75. It was such a full circle, incredible moment and to look at over, and there's Ace tapping his toe while he's listening to the song going down, and then watching him lay down a variety of solos was such an incredible experience for me and something where I'll remain so grateful to him for being so gracious to do it. But yeah, it really, um, it's interesting because Rock Show is not really a rock song in my eyes. It mm -hmm. has rock elements. But to me, it's much more of a pop soul song, kind of something that maybe Smokey Robinson or Stevie Wonder mm -hmm. would do, you know, like that type of a groove. But here's Ace, you know, in this hard rock band, you know, from, you know, best known for his work in Kiss playing a solo at the end of the song and it was kind of cool that um those two styles could meet yes i agree and you know also I mean? um two things that uh listeners might not realize is you have two tributes two tribute songs on the album one for david bowie and one for david yeah. cassidy and you i believe opened up for david cassidy right yeah, I did. I actually um, I've been a big fan of his since you know 1970 with the Partridge Family, and just thought he was fantastic. Had such a great voice, sang these groovy songs, looked like a total pop star. Got all the chicks. You know what? What wouldn't there be to like about him? And through the years, I became friendly with him so much so that I actually worked uncredited on his book Could It Be Forever, doing interviews with David and his family and people that worked with him on records, and so that was mm. really cool. And I had the opportunity to open a show for him in Agoura Hills, California, at a place called the Canyon Club with my band. And we did one song from the record, which is called 24 Hours a Day, which I told the audience at that time was was inspired by loving the title of a song on the Partridge Family Sound Magazine album. That's their best <laughs> album in my yeah. eyes. That's their Sgt. Pepper in my eyes. <laughs> but I, I always loved that title, so I, I challenged myself to write a song with that title, and I wrote a what I think is a cool power pop song. So we did it that night. I got to see David, you know, the, the you know before the show. He gave me a big hug, and it was great to see him. You know, he was certainly that was the show where there were some issues, you know, with with him at the show in terms of some yeah. people, you know, thought he could be on something or TMZ you know, made a big deal of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a sad. It was it, it, frankly, it was a sad thing to witness. But it yeah. was one of the last shows he ever did, and when he died. It really hit me so hard, and I thought, you know, I have to do something. And what was interesting, so I, you know, I, I, I feel like the Lord kind of blessed me to be able to write a real, what I feel is a really fun pop song that kind of honors his memory. And I went in the studio with Fernando and, and Rob Bonfilio, another great friend of mine, a really talented guy who has a great new record out uh, now called Trouble Again. And uh, we cut it really quickly, mixed it, and then the next day was on Rodney Bingenheimer's show on Sirius XM Radio. And mm. all the the proceeds for the song and the single, we did a vinyl single, went to David's uh, David's charity. Um, so uh, 
that was, you know, uh, it, it was a way to do something positive. But yeah, and the David Bowie song is, uh, I'm a huge David Bowie fan. The first concert I ever saw was the Station to Station tour mm. in March of 76. And I just, I wasn't sitting down to write a song about him, but I started writing this song, which kind of had felt like it was a Bowie meets the Beatles type of song. And then the lyrics started coming out. And before I knew it, I, you know, I wrote something about him kind of celebrating his memory but also bemoaning the fact that you know he wasn't here anymore and all you had left was his face on on a t-shirt yeah um, so yeah so there wasn't any intention to do these tribute songs they're more songs you know that that really kind of uh, reflect, just happen yeah reflect the love and what's right. interesting about there's a david cassidy david bowie connection at some point david yeah. Bowie was interested in producing David Cassidy. This was in the mid-70s. This is yeah. true. And um, David did later work with Mick Ronson on his album, um, Getting in, Get in the Street, um, and actually worked with him on a... On a what did uh, he do? What was... Uh, how did he... He played lead guitar on the title oh, okay. Getting in, in the Street. But yeah, there was a period David Cassidy met with David Bowie, and David was interested in producing him in the mid 70s that would have been really cool to uh to see what would have come from that now what do you have you have a favorite on the album you said it was no one seems to stay together anymore i thought it was um lemons to lemonade but um no that's uh, i i love all the songs but no one seems to stay together anymore it's yeah my favorite i'm really happy that you like it but yeah lemons to lemonade might be my might be my other favorite yeah. the first single from the record and it was one where it was another one where, thank God, it turned out, you know, as well as it did. And it really, to me, sounds like something you'd hear, you know, on AM radio 1975 with the sitars mm. and the, the soul feel. And um, and it was, you know, it's it's about basically turning turning something bad into your life into something good. You know, turning that sad into glad, as they say in the lyrics. And I did a little low-budget video that my pal Alex Castino put together and we recorded it filmed it at Fernando's studio Reseda Ranch Studios and then we filmed it on top of Mulholland Drive and in uh, in a location in Topanga Canyon Park mm. so that was kind of cool and I, and I think you know if all goes well we're going to do a video for Philly Kind of Night uh, which is the song that John Oates of Hall and Oates is on oh and, yeah I forgot to ask about John Oates he's also on here yeah and you know i I've done some work with them through the years. I've done liner notes for a bunch of Hall Notes CDs. I put together the uh, the book with all the commentary on on each uh, song on the on Hall Notes' box set. Do what you want, be what you are. But you know, being from Philly, there's no way around it. I mean, you, you hear Hall right. Notes all the time, and I fell in love with them. I first saw them December 31st, '79, for the Ecstatic tour at the Tower Theater, and. Um, I absolutely love them, and I asked John, um, I said, I have a song that's very much a Philly soul song that, that reflects my love for that music as well as Hall Notes, and he agreed to do it, and it was just so amazing, and he did it in his studio, so we sent him the track that we had finished with my voice on it, Yeah. and he added his vocals, but I remember Fernando calling me on the phone, because he's a huge Hall Notes fan too, and uh, calling me on the phone and said, oh my God. I just got back John's vocals, you know, and I remember, you know, him sending me a rough mix, and I just thought I was kind of hallucinating, you know what I mean, to hear <laughs> someone who I love so much, you know, uh, uh, 
focusing on something. And the cool thing is both, you know, whether it was Ace or or John Oates or Chasm, you know, getting Chasm to sing background on Mona Lisa's Smile, which I always felt sounded like a song from Utopia's 1982 self-titled album. I mean, the great thing is I heard separately from each of them that they, you know, they really did like the song. It was they were being gracious and kind to do it in the first place, but the fact that they, they dug it gave, you know, some more legitimacy sure. toward what I do as a writer, you know, that made me feel really good. And, you know, Marshall Crenshaw's with the Smithereens now, right? So, I mean... Yeah, yeah, he's singing, he's playing guitar and singing lead, you know, in, yeah. you know, in place of, you know, Pat Denizio sadly passed away. Yeah. So this is great. Before we go, this has been a good podcast. People should go to... It's ken-sharp.com, right? That's right. And they could buy the album there in a CD format? Mm-hmm. And does it... You told me that possibility of vinyl coming out, right? There is a chance I may do a vinyl, a very small number. Okay, limited edition, okay. Limited edition, it, it, it's going to be a two-LP set. Because it's a, the album is really, in essence, a double album. Mm. But on CD, you know, there's 16 songs. But yeah. on CD, obviously, it's just a, you know, it, it, we can we can fill in, you know, up to 80 minutes. But yeah, it's it's too much to put on a single vinyl, so it's a two LP vinyl. And, you know, I'm going to reach out to people who bought my album, and then if there's anyone that's interested, you know, if they hear it and they want to get the vinyl, get in touch with me, because I'm basically going to do a very small run. It could be 25, 30 copies. It'll be collectible if you're into that stuff. I think you and should I'm do little 45s of, like, Lemons to Lemonade. No one seems to stay together anymore. Miracle. And it'd be like the 70s AM. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'm serious. Please, so, is there any financial benefactor that likes my record <laughs> enough that wants to, do, to back me to do that? You're welcome to it. That would be awesome. Right. Well, but yeah, so there's a, a, you know, I'm planning on... You know, I'm, I'm hoping to move forward on the vinyl, and because it's it's it, unless you do, I think a minimum run of 250, and I can't afford that. Yeah. Um, especially because 250 is really 500 because it's a double. Uh, to do such a small run as I'm I'm proposing, it's very expensive. So basically, I'm going to sell the vinyl to anyone who buys it at, at what it costs. Right. I'm not going to make a profit off it just to keep the cost down, but still going to be pricey. But, you know, if, if, if you dig the record and you're also interested in a, in a real collectible, then it's uh, maybe something you'd be interested in. Well, I think this is the record to get you noticed. I'm telling you. Um, I oh, wish that you, would be great. I wish you all the best. I mean, you're noticed already, but I think, I think someone should really, you know, a, a honest-to-goodness record company should really look at this and all, you should just send them no one seems to stay together anymore that's <laughs> uh, i that's think a good idea. put that in a, or, and then a, a little bit harder rocker um i think you might th that will definitely grab their attention well thank you and Thanks, i wish you Pat. all the best with it and uh i hope all the listeners go to ken-sharp.com and get a copy awesome all really right. appreciative Thanks so much, Ken, for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Ken Sharp, thank you for being on the podcast. And as as we said we were going to do, we're going to play Rock Show, which is off of Beauty in the Backseat, Ken Sharp's new album. 
where you could go to ken-sharp.com and order it. Okay, here it is. And before I go, I want to thank all the listeners. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine, signing off. And please go to a Barnes & Noble newsstand and pick up the latest issue, which has Ace Freely on the cover and was interviewed by Ken Sharp. That will be... (laughs) That would it's coincidentally, and uh, that's on sale till November fifth. And also go to goldmymag.com and get exclusive content and a percentage off uh, for subscribing. Get the issue right to your door. Okay, let's get on with it and get into Rock Show, where Ace Freely does the guitar solo off of Ken Sharp's new record, Beauty in the Backseat. Yeah.
Welcome to our rock show. 